Hello, my name is Freddy Krueger. And I'm famous comedian Mike Myers. <laughs> and this is No Nerds Allowed. And there are no nerds allowed. Do you think they were trying to shade Mike Myers? Because he he was alive. He, he was wasn't there. famous yet, though. Was he, he not was famous? Not. Okay. No. This was 1978. I think he was a baboo at this point. Do you think when he was like, when he was like becoming an actor and like joining the acting guild, he was like, okay, so my name is Michael Myers, and they were like, oh, actually, <laughs> you haven't heard. Um, Mike Myers was born in 19. Oh, hold on. 1927. <laughs> I'm trying to find... So he was born in 63, which means that when this movie came out, he was 17. Um, yeah, so you and, know all of his friends made fun of it. Yeah, God, what a shitty high school Mike Myers must have had. Oh, he would have had the dopest Halloween, though, because he would be yeah. able to dress up like Mike Myers. Do you think he was Mike Myers for Halloween? That would... Why would... If he should have, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Because that famously, I mean, that's a famous story about this movie, is that that mask was just a William Shatner Halloween mask that they yeah. turned inside out. Um, so it would be pretty pretty easy to reverse engineer, I feel I mean, like. yeah. That would um, be cool. He should have done that. Hey, Mike Myers, when you were 17, <laughs> you should have done this. You should, he should have. I agree. He should have. We should get Mike Myers on the podcast so we can interrogate yeah, him. The good finally. Mike Myers, not the murdery one. No, his name is Michael. We use his full <laughs> Christian name. Have you noticed, though, that in the credits, he's credited as The Shape? Why? I don't know. It's just scary, and I like it. He has a, They don't call him that at any other point in the film, though. I, That's it the is, truth. It is spooky, but you didn't... <laughs> that, could, that could just be anybody. <laughs> um, oh, there's a wrinkle in this, though. Because apparently... At 12 years old, he made a guest appearance on the TV series King of Kensington. Ah, but he wouldn't so, have been a part of the Actors Guild at 12. Right. So I think I think that John Carpenter saw that and was like, fuck that kid. I'm going to make him. I'm going to make him murder his sister for having like sex. Like the most brutal murderer. Yeah. He's really not, though. <laughs> I he mean, I don't know. Just He's relentless. Like, he kind of just like chokes a bunch of people and like kind of stabs people off screen. Right. Yeah, but they're like totally unmotivated, though. Yeah. It's like those people didn't didn't does see that, it coming. Does that make it good? No, that makes it worse. I we'll, think we'll we'll just no like good like plot wise. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't as know. A, okay. As a um, film that I have to watch. Hold on. Okay, so obviously we're talking about John Carpenter's Halloween, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, today John on Connors. The Typically, we um, don't talk about the movie right off the bat, though. I don't know. Yeah. Do we want to just jump into well, it? Well, it's just because I like literally just finished it because I have a little thing called school. Oh, by the way, so speaking of you and Anna recording last week, I did. I did fight Dracula. I did win. <laughs> uh, we and Jackson were walking across a bridge, and he like followed me across the bridge, and I broke the bridge. And then we both fell down into this never-ending pit, and then we climbed a mountain, and then we fought. Me and Dracula fought for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. 
Uh, and then uh, I oh, killed him. Oh, you're doing him. it's Lord of the Rings. Got I it. eventually killed him, and then he killed me. But then I came back. So hi, uh, this is Jackson McMurray, and I'm um, uh, Adeline the White now. Adeline the White. I was trying to figure out if crossing a bridge was part of Dracula lore or not. <laughs> yeah, and Dracula like, can't cross bridges. Am I just missing that? Um, are you commu- are you confusing Dracula and trolls, Adeline? <laughs> No, trolls can't. Trolls own the bridge. Trolls, trolls can't cross the bridge. No, but they're under they're the bridge. They're the only ones that can cross the bridge. It's their no, bridge. No, Adeline. Trolls have parties all the time, and they love pop music. And Justin Timberlake and is they one love of them. to sing, and they um uh <laughs> um. What's the deal with Trolls 2, by the way? I'm Doesn't it just look like the worst? For it. Wait, are you for real? I mean, okay, besides the McElroy thing. Okay, well, that, well, first of all, I'm very excited to see it. But, like, I don't know. I didn't mind the first Trolls movie, like, as far as, like, kids' things yeah. go. Like, it, like, actually had, like, something behind it, so I didn't mind it. I like, I think the concept for this one is fun. I think it's cool to introduce kids to more types of music. Like, if they're going to be music themed. I don't know. Yeah, I, have no problem. I don't think they're really doing that, though. It's okay. a pretty it's a pretty limited scope of music. It is probably like four genres. <laughs> yeah, it's like pop, rock, country, and jazz, which is like the four uh, types of music, Jackson. There are no like, other types of music. Okay, but wouldn't you just like wouldn't you kill a man to be able to see uh the trolls sing a real big fish song? <laughs> Wouldn't you it's just kill a man in order for that to happen? Yeah, oh, I wanna go God. to the ska world. <laughs> And I like to think that they're, like, separated into the different subgenres, so it's, like, one of them is, like, the old-school reggae-influenced ska, and then part of them are, like, the third-wave, like, ska-punk, and then there's, like, the post-third-wave, like, speed metal-inspired ska Whatever Streetlight Manifesto fits (laughs) into, yeah. God, that'd be so fucking good. Yeah, See, that that's what I think so they good. should have done. Instead of just ripping off Infinity War, they should have like <laughs> made like the entire Trolls world just like separated into countless, like infinitely subdividable countries. That would have been so really good. We could God. have like a like a math metal troll subsection <laughs> and like a lo-fi. <laughs> yeah, lo-fi hip hop. <laughs> Welcome to the land of beats to study to Ania. <laughs> <laughs> Dubstep remixes of Nintendo songs land. Oh god. Nightcore uh, remixes of weird old <laughs> anime songs. God, why didn't we write Trolls World I Tour? That would why be didn't so they good. hire us? We should have sent in our resumes. I was going to, but I forgot. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> hey, what do you think that Michael Myers would look like as a troll? Is he not in either of those? I guess he's not. Michael um, Myers? I feel like all the I'm trolls... I'm talking about oh, wait, the wait, horror wait, wait. man. Sorry. Okay, right. Wrong Michael Myers. God, Jackson. We shouldn't have even brought him up because now it's just going to be a whole thing, this whole episode. Okay, Michael. Michael Myers. Um, I bet he would look the same as every other troll because all the trolls mostly look the same, I think. Oh, dunk. Jackson, we're never going to get into <laughs> Trolls 3 like this. If you were... This is a stupid question because neither of us have a career, so if we were offered any position on Trolls 2 at all, I think any of us would take it. Yep, so yep, 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 the fact yep, that yep, I yep. was about to ask that hypothetical is stupid. Um, yep. um, <laughs> cool. cool uh, really want- good thing I just did for the energy in this podcast. Um, <laughs> 
see, I thought that was the gas, but as it turns out, I've gotten my left and right confused. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Shrek. Mike Myers was in Shrek. What if Shrek was voiced by Michael Myers? I think it would go a little something like this. Because Mike... Michael Myers doesn't talk in the movies. You should have just breathed really loudly into your mouth. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, here's what it would sound like. Talk. Somebody once told me the <laughs> Great job, great job, great job. <laughs> that, no, one's okay, ever, has, no one's ever made that joke before. This has been my bit. Thank you. I'm retiring early. Um, I'm planning to just live on the royalties from that joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Halloween 1978? I do. I would like to. Here's my relationship with this movie. Okay. Um, He's so dreamy. <laughs> I get so hot under the collar whenever I think of Halloween 1978, director John Carpenter. <laughs> um, hold on just a second. I'm going to take my inhaler super quick. Oh, you are Michael Myers. <laughs> Hey, Jackson, good goof. I am worried that you're going to die, though. So can you take your inhaler? <laughs> no, I'm fine. It's just my allergies have been bad lately because the seasons have been changing. <laughs> just a sec. <clears throat> so here's here's my deal. Um, uh-huh. About two or three years ago, back when I was not really, I guess, yeah, about two years ago, back when I was not really going to school, but I was working, so I had plenty of, like, time to just, like, hang around and watch movies. Yeah. Um, I went on this kick for a while where I was watching all these, like, old R-rated classics from, like, the 70s and 80s that I wasn't able to see, like, as a kid, you know. So I was, like, I was tearing through them. I was, like, oh, The Godfather, Taxi Driver, Jaws, Alien, Terminator, all these kinds of things. I was, like, burning that was, through That them. was a wide variety of films you just named. What do you mean? It's, like, blockbuster auteur movies from the I late guess, 70s yeah. and early 80s. Um, and, like, across the board, I was always, like, eh, that was okay. That was fine. I, w- I didn't really like that very much. But... Every single one of those movies that I've watched again since then, I've liked much, much more on a second viewing. Maybe it was just about where I was when I was watching all those, (laughs) but, like, I watched... In um, that deep, dark place. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I watched um, The Godfather again semi-recently, and I was like, oh, actually, I'm more into this than I was before. I watched... Yeah, you um, hated The Godfather. I was super not into The Godfather for a hot second. I don't know what it was, just the day that I watched it, I was like... Boring. Do something. Cool. I like when you do shot something. that guy. Do that again. Um, I watched... Jackson, um, were you not excited when that one Italian woman took off her shirt and then got into a car and exploded? Did that not do it for you? We can't talk about that more on this podcast. I feel like that's come up like four different times. It's because it's so weird. Anyway, It's so going. stupid. What's the other one of those movies that I watched again recently that I was more into? Terminator? Um, Terminator, that's it. I like the Terminator a lot more the second time. And now that I've watched Halloween a second time, I'm much more into Halloween than I was the first time. So I feel like I've just got to, like, get in there. i got to go back. i got to revisit Alien. i got to revisit Taxi Driver. i got to revisit, I don't know. What else did I say? The Breakfast Club. I like The Breakfast Club, though. I haven't seen The Breakfast Club. I was actually, because you and me are kind of on the same page when it comes to the, like, John Hughes oeuvre. 
um, which is that we kind of couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, but I was actually really, really surprised by The Breakfast Club. I enjoyed that movie a lot. The Can I tell you something Club... that does happen in The Breakfast Club, though? Sure. Um, this is um, one of the most popular movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a hugely influential, like, movie in our, like, monoculture, right? Yeah. There's a moment in that where the jock character smokes some weed and, as a result runs around the library at high speed while rock music plays and then yells so loud that a glass door shatters. Wow, that, that sounds really dumb. The Breakfast Club. And like it's a really restrained movie for the most part. Like <laughs> it, when it comes to like being ridiculous, if Ferris Bueller is like a seven, then Breakfast Club is like a three. Except for that moment <laughs> Where the jock character smokes too much weed and starts screaming so loud that glass breaks around him. Like he's him. a seven-year-old that's had too many Kit Kat bars. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. And I have no idea what that was. Like if nobody on that production had ever smoked weed before. Oh, definitely not. Like, Are you kidding me? It was a bunch of white adults. <laughs> That's just something I feel like people don't talk about enough, is that that happens in The Breakfast Club. <laughs> we need to talk about the important parts of The Breakfast Club. Anyway, so this this is all just to get to the point that I was I was much more into this movie this time than I was last time. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I had never seen Halloween before, but I have a lot of friends that are very into the <laughs> horror scene. And, like, right. they've, like, slowly been getting into horror movies, and I've, like, seen Friday the 13th and stuff like that. Like so, I came to this movie and I knew I already knew that the plot was stupid. I know it's about this guy who kills women because they have sex, so it's just right. like I knew, I knew that. But then, like going, like actually watching the movie, it's just God. Like I've heard people talk about Michael Myers like pretty much the whole time I've been alive, and to see him <laughs> and he's just kind of a big dude who breathes really heavily and just like <laughs> right. walks around it's like oh this this isn't even a little bit scary yeah but don't you think it's scary that it's like people are just minding their own business leading regular lives and the dude just like walks in your door with a knife and kills you like with absolutely no pretext that doesn't like bother you at all I, it bothers me in the same way that being a woman in the world every single day of my life that every stranger could kill me any second i mean like not to pull that card but like <laughs> but like the the home invasion aspect of this doesn't bother you that somebody with a knife just with no motivation other than just your imminent death just with nothing in his soul but knives. Just unstoppable. <laughs> Isn't that scary? He's got knives in his soul. <laughs> so, that's a that's a deleted scene they cut out, is when the the, the guy who's in charge of him is like, one time I looked at his soul, saw knives in there. I guess it's it's just because there's just no there's no plot. To, like, who Michael Myers is. Like, that's just, like, not even a part of it. It's just, like, oh, he's a right. big scary dude. He's that, that boy's got the devil in him. But then it's not... <laughs> is that in this movie? Yeah, he does say that when they oh, go okay. in the house and they find the dog. He's like, I looked into oh, his eyes right. and saw the devil's eyes. And <laughs> Black and, eyes like a doll's eyes. <laughs> like a doll's eyes. Like a scary fucking six-year-old murder baby. That should have been the, like, horror crossover is... Mike Myers versus Jaws. I would watch that movie. 
confusion. Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark versus Mike Myers versus yeah. Jaws. Just throw Michael Myers into the ocean and see what he does. <laughs> yeah, that's the kid. Michael Myers drown? If he can get shot six times to live, I'm pretty sure that he could I think he I think he could kill Aquaman. I think he's just I don't I don't think he's like supernaturally invincible. I think he's just a big bulky dude. Like the Well, kingpin. I think I think it's supposed to be more like he's like just like such a sociopath that he doesn't even like register pain. Right, yeah. But like I guess what bothers me about Michael Myers is that like I, I like the idea of this just like complete sociopath, but there's just no they they don't explain it and Michael Myers isn't gonna tell you because he's having an <laughs> asthma attack. Right. And it's just I don't know, I wish Plus the doctor character who's supposed to be like the one giving us insights on Michael Myers is just like I think maybe the shittiest doctor in the world. <laughs> like <laughs> Right. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, Oh, I'm a kinda... psychiatrist and I'm supposed to reform this six year old, but instead I'm just gonna keep him in jail forever and then shoot him when he right. escapes. Like, hey, yeah, you're no. a bad psychiatrist. <laughs> I think when you take your Hippocratic Oath, um, I don't think that covers when you shoot your patient six times in the chest. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're crossing the line there, uh, sir. Um, okay, so here's something from, if we're just going to start, if we're going to run through this film. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the opening credit sequence? Not just in this movie, but just in general, right? Because I feel like... That's something that we don't do as much in the 21st century, and where you just open the movie with, like, you know, not necessarily just a black screen, but, like, something non-plot related, just a sequence where you have music playing and you just have all these credits. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, this, this idea? it really depends on how you do it. Because, like, with the movie that we just watched, Coraline, it has opening credits, and those opening credits are, like, super investing and cool and, like, get you ready for, like, the themes of the movie without being, like, super plot-related or just starting the movie already. Mm -hmm. And then you have, like, opening credits like Clue and this movie, where it's like, <laughs> hey, look at this picture for about, uh, 20 minutes, and we'll tell you all the people <laughs> who worked on this film. Right. And you have to wait that 20 minutes before you can watch the movie that you paid to see while your six-year-old cries next to you. Like, it's right. just, it's, they're too long. They're not interesting. They don't, like, get you, like, they don't, like, set you up well for the movie. It's just, like. Right. Because, like, you walk into Halloween knowing it's going to be a scary film about Halloween. And so when the first, like, five whole minutes of the film it's just a picture of a jack-o'-lantern while some <laughs> right. really annoying piano plays. It's I'm like, so mad that you I don't get like it, the guys. score. I'm so it's, mad that you don't like it. If, okay, if they used it in effective <laughs> moments and not throughout the entire goddamn film, then I would probably like it more. There's only one song in this whole movie, and it's You're that crazy stupid person. piano song. Um, here's, what, here's what I would say. When I think about, like, opening credit sequences like this, I think, because, um, like, Tim Burton is really dedicated to doing this, right? Like, yeah. pretty much all of his movies open with a sequence that's not, like, any characters or anything. It's just, like, something happening. Like Yeah, I mean, he's also in, very into, like, old-fashioned movie making, right. though, so that makes sense. Like, just off the top of my head, I just watched Batman Returns the other day, and that's, like, Oswald Cobblepot's, like, 
baby carriage like floating down a river for yeah. like four minutes while just like credits roll or like charlie and the chocolate factory when it's like um, the candy bar the, being the made. candy bars being made yeah and i think that i mean first of all it like sets up the world and sort of the general tone of the movie really effectively but also with tim burton movies you've always got this danny elfman score that yeah. um it sort Kicks of like ass. acts as like this overture to like sort of introduce you to like the the melodies and the themes of the score in the movie so that you recognize them more easily when they come up a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so I guess really, I mean, obviously it depends on the movie, but the question should be like, is it better to give you a, a softer introduction to like the tone and the themes of the movie first before we jump into it? Or do you just want to hit the ground running and just let it roll like right from the beginning, you know? I mean, I really like that, like, introduction to the world because i think (coughs) i think it honestly cuts out on a lot of exposition that you have to give at the beginning of the movie and a lot of like opening shots you can get out of the way without like taking away from the action you know Mm because if you have that slow intro like you can have all the shots of introducing the world in the tone which if you just started the movie were things that we would have to do anyway so if anything it makes it easier to just start the movie once we actually do right and i mean like I had a part two. <laughs> but I also I also kind of want to acknowledge the opposite side, though, because I feel like my favorite opening to a movie in maybe ever is Avengers Endgame, right? Where there's no logos, no credits at all at the beginning, and it just, like, opens. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I well, remember... It's I, I would argue that that doesn't really count because it is a sequel, of a very popular movie franchise. So we are all very aware of the setting and the tone because we've right. all just finished watching Infinity War. So if you want to say that you want to do that for that, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, go crazy. But if you're like introducing new IP, I would like I would like you to tell me what's going on before I watch the movie, please. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I guess that's just always the question. We're not going to find a definitive... <laughs> No, yes, we Answer are, Jackson. in this conversation. Okay, then, yes, always opening credits. Good music. Yes. Every movie. If they're, They have to be visually interesting, though. I hate, like, it's just like, oh, it's like just like a moving picture with, like, music over it, and they think that that's, like, good enough and that I won't get bored and immediately look at my right. phone. Like, guess what, Halloween? I looked at my <laughs> phone at, like, four separate times during this film. Okay. Uh, give me just a second. I'm going to pull something up that I want to reference, but then I'm going to... Make my next point. Okay. So this, I know that typically we save our bad reviews of movies towards the end. Um, but on Letterboxd, Halloween is a movie that comes up every once in a while. So I've, you know, found myself on that page many a time in my, in my <laughs> experience there. stomping grounds. And here's, here's the top review of Halloween 1978 on this website. Okay. That just never fails to make me seethingly angry. (laughs) Um, It says, Got into an argument with a couple of 16-year-old students of mine about how most of them have the attention span of fruit flies with ADHD and that most modern media seems to cater to their sugar rush needs, causing them to lose appreciation for the power of simplicity. They disagreed. I showed them the opening scene of Halloween. That shut them up. Wow, world's worst teacher. Yeah, he sucks. He's the worst. 
and if I was like having a conversation with my film teacher and he was like, you know what the problem with film today is? All you shithead millennials. I'd be like, can I, I take a different class? I would like to yeah. leave, please. Please and don't make if, me watch The Godfather three times. Because that's imagine, what that class is going to be. Right. Imagine if you had that conversation and, like, I mean, first of all, that didn't happen, right? Like, yeah. we're all on the same page that that's absolutely not Oh, yeah, he went. made this up. He made this um, up. First of all. But second of all, imagine if you were in this argument with an adult. Even if they showed you the best movie in the world right afterwards. Yeah. They would still be stupid and wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, then the fact that there's a good movie with a slow pace doesn't make you write about how I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> like, and how all movies made after that movie are objectively bad. Like, right, what's wrong? Exactly. Why are you teaching film? And hey, I wouldn't Mr. even say that this movie is especially, like, slow, really. It, it does... It does this thing. It does. I see. I one of my problems with this movie is that I feel that it has no suspense, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. And maybe it's just because I personally am not afraid of Michael Myers, right. but it it holds shots for just a little bit too long to the point where all tension is lost. And see, Emily, I know why that is. Do you want to know? Why? Um, it's because you have the attention span of a fruit fly with ADHD. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. See, you were okay. born after 1970, so that yeah. makes you. Okay, that makes sense. Just basically unqualified to view films. Um, yeah. That's just a fun fact that. So, this is the end of the you. podcast, yeah, because we can't. <laughs> right, we're not allowed we, to do yeah, this. Yeah, we can't have any I've, more opinions about I've things. I received a cease and desist from the government a couple yeah. of weeks ago, so we can't, keep, we can't keep talking about oh movies God. on this podcast. Well. Um, <laughs> but you can continue your point. I'm sorry to interrupt you with that show. <laughs> But it, like it just like holds moments for too long to the point where it's like what the whatever emotion they were trying to build up is kind of lost because it gets a little bit funny at how long they're holding the shot for. <laughs> right. Like that shot where she like sees him behind the or he like walks into frame while she's like walking down the street and we're like over the shoulder of Michael Myers and she's like walking down the street. Uh, and you that, didn't that's like that. That's a cool shot. Then it goes on for like two and a half minutes. Right. And then okay. I'm just All kind right. of Fair staring enough. at the screen for two and a half minutes. Like that <laughs> shot like happened. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Okay. <laughs> okay, can we move on now, please? Like it was just like, it's just too long. I mean, the same thing when the boyfriend gets stabbed and he's like stuck in the wall with the knife in him and Michael Myers is just staring at him. And I was like, oh, right. that's super cool. Right. <laughs> okay <laughs> move on now please right, like that right. was just it happened like several different times and the opening of this movie oh it sucks it's the it worst it sucks it's really bad I think a lot of it comes down to the the actors in this because oh, none of them are actors. like present in the rest of the movie right so clearly yeah. they weren't like put through Good. rigorous rehearsals or like character whatever yeah so they're just mostly very bad bad they're um, bad yeah and like the opening to this movie just like super doesn't hold up it looks really horrible no i think the sister being murdered is maybe the worst fake murder i've ever seen <laughs> yeah, he so does bad. it's a worse it's it, like Maybe this isn't a fair example, but, like, it's, like, the knife-stabbing murder of, like, versus this versus the one in Psycho. Because the shower <laughs> right. scene, like, watching that, like, it's not that good. Like, it's shot well, so it's it holds up fine. But, like, as far as, like, gore and, like, getting, like, murder goes, right. it's not good. But this movie, 
it's just like how that doesn't work like times a thousand. Like it's just like a knife going off screen while you hear this girl go, Michael, oh my God, no. <laughs> oh, oh, but, Michael. And, like, and then she falls on the ground and she's also... got jelly on her stomach. <laughs> right. But it's also like, because what makes the shower scene in Psycho great is the editing, right? But yeah, this is exactly. very pointedly not using that. It's, it's not just like a singular shot where you see. I wish I could pantomime this, but it's a podcast. Where I know. Like, I've been pantomiming this whole time. You can't <laughs> yeah, tell. Like, <laughs> and then it kind of turns away, like he's not looking at it. You just hear, like, and you're like, this is stupid. This doesn't. This is this stupid. I scary. hate this. My favorite thing about this intro, though. Is how they're like on the couch downstairs and they're like kissing and like giggling and flirting. And then they like run upstairs and Michael comes in the front door. And then like literally like 20 seconds later, he's like coming back down the stairs. He's like, okay, well, it's getting late. I got to (laughs) go. Thanks for the sex. The last all of uh, 10 seconds. See you later. And then like he walks upstairs and like the girl is like naked except for her panties. It's like, what went on there? What did you guys do? I like to imagine he got up there. They kissed yeah. for like a second. He just yeah. nutted and then was like, <laughs> okay. And then he had uh, to leave. Cool. That's it. I'll dip. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'll call you later. Bye. I mean, look, I know you're 16 and you're <laughs> figuring stuff out and you don't have a lot of stamina yet, but you should hang out for a second at <laughs> least. Or like, Let's be cool about it. Yeah, I know. Like, you don't have to be embarrassed. Like, it's okay, but just jesus <laughs> like yeah don't like hang out for a minute don't just dip okay, like and instant. like talking about like character motivations like jason's motivations are at least that i died because some kids were having sex so it's like okay right. i i don't agree with you but i understand Liz, right. jason i see you i hear you i just <laughs> but don't it's not agree jason with you. adeline it's mrs Voorhees. okay but later on whatever fuck off but then <laughs> it's frankenstein's monster jackson Right. Okay, but wait, 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 but wait, wait, wait. But Remind me what happens in Friday the 13th, because why did... Oh, that's right, because they were being neglectful because they were... Yeah, they were making out and he drowned and he died. So gotcha, it's like, gotcha, I get gotcha. it. I get I get your point, Jason. But then with Michael Myers, it's just like his girlfriend is just like in a relationship... Or not his girlfriend, his sister is just in a relationship. He just fucking murders her. And it's right. like... There's no, there's no motivation. There's none. And I get that's the point. He's supposed to be this complete sociopath. I guess I wish I would have just, I wish that intro was longer, I guess. I wish we, that we got to see Michael Myers as a six-year-old and like right. who he was. Like, was he a totally regular six-year-old? And then one day he just murdered his sister or like, had right. he always been weird? And then suddenly <laughs> that was like the breaking point. Like, I just need more character on Michael because he's just he, he he's just non-existent he's just right. a guy and i'm like hey there's that guy like i need more character on him right and because you know like honestly especially in the 21st century that sort of like looms large in this movie right like this idea yeah. that like oh all these i mean mostly girls not exclusively girls but like yeah. are being like punished for having sex right yeah and it's, it's not quite as black and white as that because like he's also murdering jamie lee curtis who's like a prude quote unquote and yeah like the bobby. kids aren't involved and yeah. bobby is a dude who gets and murdered that, so it's like it's not dog. quite so black and white as that but like yeah. i think it's still not great though yeah i think what it comes down to is i don't think it's any sort of like conscious decision like any sort of like morality play that he's trying to play out 
I think mm-hmm. just what it is is that he knows that, like, when someone is naked, when someone is, like, having sex, it's, like, almost, like, the most vulnerable it's possible to be as a person, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's tapping into that sort of situation as a moment when you would be least prepared to defend yourself against mm-hmm. a big knife, you know? I think that's the reason it comes up so often in this movie, And what's interesting about Friday the 13th is that it takes that sort of weird subtext and it makes it, like, explicit text in an interesting kind of way, Um, even though that movie is much worse than this movie. (laughs) But, (laughs) like, I don't know. And it's just, I feel like there's a way to ride that line a little bit better. Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, it comes down to the movie, like, I I totally agree with you that that would be cool and that would make a lot of sense, but the movie doesn't say that doesn't make that decision you know what do you mean well being like michael myers attacks for people or having sex because that is when they're the most vulnerable i'd be like yeah totally but the movie doesn't really right and i don't necessarily mean that that's why michael myers does it i just mean like as a filmmaker john carpenter like is like what would be scary like what's the scariest as a viewer it's like oh put yourself in their shoes this would be the time when it would be worst for somebody yeah. to come at you with a knife. Um, <laughs> when would I not like someone to stab me? Exactly. When yeah. I'm getting my nut off. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Helen McGurr, and this has been my performance as John Carter. John, What's his name? John Carpenter. John Carpenter. <laughs> John Carter and the Princess of Mars. Um, yeah. That wasn't a joke. That was just a reference to a movie. Yeah, that was just um, you saying some words. Anyway, um, <laughs> the... But I also, there's a scene in um, Alien Covenant, actually, that I think does this really well, where there's a moment where... Where that lady's womb explodes? Yeah, no, that part, no. Um, (laughs) But there's a a scene where the alien comes after two people who are in the shower together, and it's, like, just a singular event, right? You know, and it's an alien, and you know what its deal is. It's just a predator. So there isn't any weird, like, moralization that's attached to it, and it's just a singular event where it's like, oh, fuck. Like, that's super scary because they're just, like, naked, and there's a xenomorph alien (laughs) trying to kill them, (laughs) and there's, like, nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Um, And that it's, like, super effective. Alien Covenant is a movie that I like that nobody else likes. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think that seems really good. Um, We've been going slowly through this movie because we've been like talking about like as a whole more than like individual pieces right but i think it's so funny that when michael myers like comes out of the house after murdering his sister and his like dad like pulls him aside and he's got that bloody knife and then they just stare at each other for 20 minutes <laughs> i kind of like that actually i like well, but- holding on that moment where they just have to look at each other because it's like how do you respond to that like what do you do like i like I, the idea that he just like is there's just like this shocked silence you know but i get, I, I think it just comes back to bad acting because i didn't get right, i didn't yeah. get a horrified silence i gotta i forgot what my next line is so i'm just gonna <laughs> right. stare at this child kind of silence you know like it just right. it i i it could have been really poignant it could have been really effective but it wasn't right um I also, just if we're moving past, unless we have more to say about the opening 60 seconds of this film. I mean, I just think they're just like, the the dad's just like, Michael, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, Michael, what'd you, oh, God, you got blood on my knife, Michael, what are you, God, golly, Michael. Um, I just want to say that um, in the body of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the actresses in this movie appear to be about 75 years old. Yeah, no, I don't know why um, they're so old. <laughs> they're, 
and like obviously that was a joke but like seriously i think that i'm gonna look up how old jamie lee curtis was when this movie came out like she seemed like you can cast a 20 year old as a teenager and i will accept that that is a teenager even though i know that that is like an adult i like i can accept that as fact but when you get to like into like the 30s then it's like yeah. no, you can't you can't play a teenager i guess anymore. all right i suppose she was only 20 She's really? Still, yeah, which is honestly really surprising to me because yeah, if I were to guess, seemed... I would have said like thirty-three. Yeah. Um, Why? What? Well, sorry, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't know. She does just have a really mature face, you know. Well, it's, I, she doesn't honestly... look old. She just looks like a, a more. Ma- she has like a more matured face, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I'm not saying she's older and gross. You're saying she doesn't look like a teenager. Yeah. And to be fair, she wasn't, but right. <laughs> she still wasn't. But no, she's yeah, got totally. an older voice, too, which was weird. Like, she's That's got true. kind of, like, a scratchier voice. And I always think this is such a weird... Because this was, like, Jamie Lee Curtis's first role, really. Yeah. Right? This is, like, what made her a celebrity. But I think it's so funny that, like, she goes from this to being, like, this like cold badass tough woman and like everything that she's known for after this yeah when she's just like a regular teenage girl in this movie yeah i know okay i mean name recognition is crazy like there are so many studies that are like talking they're talking about like voting and stuff but like if you right. recognize somebody's name like you are like way more likely to vote for them than somebody totally. else even if you like somebody else so i think what she got was like this is the kind of character that I want to be. Hello, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. And they were like, oh, I know who you are. Sure. Right. Like, yeah. like totally just being able to like, I mean, get a good agent and understand how people think and you're sold. Right. And like, I don't know. It's weird because I think that she works really well on those roles. I'm not saying like, she should just do this. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I almost would go so far as to say that she's maybe even miscast in this movie because like, yeah, she I feel like it would have been more effective if she were a little bit more, I don't know more naive and less i don't know husky voiced i guess well it's because she seems like an intelligent responsible girl so right. when she does something stupid because she's in a horror movie and she has to make stupid mistakes then i'm just like come on jamie like what there's <laughs> right. there's two separate times where she is smart enough to attack michael and he like falls down and is quote-unquote dead and then right. she just like drops a knife and runs away and it's like stab him again while he's laying down yeah and it's like the first time it's like okay you think he's dead you're gonna rob and check on the kids got it but the second time it's just like (laughs) please stab him again one more time (laughs) um so the uh sorry i think i think the pinnacle of bad acting in this film is when the three girls are all walking home from school and there's like that moment of tension where you know that Michael is following them and right. she goes like, oh man, I left my chemistry book and she like sees him and there's like that moment of tension. It's like, oh, is she going to walk back alone? But her friend in the background of that shot is like, oh, I forgot my English book and my math book and my science book. I forget <laughs> my books all the time. I like, I what's the point of forgetting books? Like I forget my books all the time. What's the point of books? I mean, homework, I don't even do it. Ha ha, ha, books? And it's just, she talks about that for so long. She sounds like that Barbie that everyone criticizes that's like, math is hard. Like, that's what she sounds like. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Look, I like that shot. Because it's, it's, 
it's scary, but it also it conveys that like the other girl isn't as affected by it as Jamie Lee Curtis is, right? Yeah. Because she's seen him a couple times before, so she recognized him, but the other girl is like, oh, I'm going to keep talking about fucking books or whatever. Cause it, like, yeah, because I'm a dumb girl. That there's a, that there's a guy there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I really like the first part of this movie where it's just, like, this tension of, like, people living their lives, but you just see Mike, like, hanging around, and you never quite see his face. Yeah. And he's just, like... You just know that he's there and ready to strike whenever, and you don't even really know why, but you know that he's definitely hanging yeah. around. Um, although well, I, I think I well, that's why I think it would be more effective if he wasn't wearing a mask. I right. guess it's that's fair. And like they're trying to it. Honestly, I think the Michael Myers mask like totally dissolves like all the realness of this movie. Like if you're talking about like a true sociopath that's like basically stalking these girls, like that's. Even though it is a little bit heightened, like that's still pretty close to reality. And then, but when you put him in a, like a scary Halloween mask, I feel like you kind of lose that realism. Yeah, no, I think that's valid. I think it would sort of be truer to like the themes of it if he were if he was just barefaced and you could see him like just be completely unaffected by everything. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. On the other hand, though, isn't it? I think that if he were sans mask you would it would be a little bit more cut and dry right it's like you can definitely see that he is totally feckless and unaffected by everything but Mm -hmm. with the mask it's a little more sort of open to interpretation until such time as you know what his deal is right yeah i think i guess what i don't like about the mask is that going off of michael myers is like the perfect sociopath him wearing the mask seems like something that a sociopath would not do. Like, right, yeah. He wouldn't they be do... worried about being caught. He wouldn't exactly. be worried about being recognized. Yeah. He would just want to kill, kill, kill people. And they do sort of do some legwork with that because he puts on the mask as a kid, too. I mean, a different mask, but a mask. Yeah. But, yeah, no, you're still right, though, that it's like, why why does he do it? Like, if he doesn't have any motivation to do anything besides murder, what's his motivation to wear yeah. this mask while he does it no that's that's totally fair yeah if he has invisibility powers that could teleport why does he worry about wearing a mask <laughs> there's this moment in it that i think is really funny i think it's that scene we were talking about where she's talking about books yeah and jamie lee curtis like stops and she's like hey uh, julie there's a guy in that bush and i think he might have been following me and she's like oh really let me at him yeah <laughs> she, like runs over there and you're like what the fuck like, like, who are I, you I, I get that it's the <laughs> 70s but like these girls have to like live in reality right, right. like but it's like, like i don't even think i think it's just a character decision right because guess, jamie lee curtis yeah. responds like a person she's yeah. like afraid and she's like hey we need to maybe turn around or something but she's just like no i'm gonna go talk to him <laughs> yeah she's like I'm gonna give him the business there's that moment where he's driving by and she yells like she yells something stupid and cliche. She's like, "Speed kills asshole!" Right. That, and then I the love like that shot. That's like and then the car the like slams on the brakes. Like that's a scary moment. But then she's like, "What? He can't take a joke." And it's like, he's if that's a right. regular dude, he's gonna murder you, and that's scary. <laughs> right? No, yeah, that's. I think that's honestly my favorite shot in the movie is when the car just stops and they're yeah. like. Uh, uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um <laughs> i really also... thought i really thought that michael myers was just gonna hit 
Tommy with his car when he was walking home from school, and I kind of I kind of liked that idea, but then they didn't oh, do right. it. Yeah. Um. Sorry, just a second here. Oh, there's this little camera trick that they use in this movie where, like, in that sequence where they're, like, walking home from school, the camera's, mm-hmm. like, constantly being put on opposite sides of them. Like, sometimes it's, like, looking towards the street and sometimes it's, like, looking towards the houses yeah. between moments. And it just it's just sort of generally disorienting, right? Like, it feels like they're walking back and forth or, like, in a circle or, like, wherever. When presumably they're just walking the same direction the whole time. But, like... It just sort of contributes to, like, this feeling of unease that, like, you can never quite get a read on what direction they're going. Right. Oh, yeah, and where he is, especially even, yeah. Because we know that he's following them. Right. Um, The... Oh, and there's that shot where they're driving, and you can just see that car in their rear window. Oh, yeah, he's just, like, tailgating them. Yeah, and it's cool because they, like... They they give you that one dedicated shot, right? Where it's like they're yeah. telling you. They're like, hey, look at this. That's his car. He's behind them. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the scene just plays out in like a regular shot reverse shot in the car. And you can just still see it in the background. And it's not like drawing special attention to it. But it just it like it dominates your attention because you know it's yeah. there and you're afraid of it. You know, I think that is a super smart like directorial choice. Not to like constantly be like, look, look, he's behind him. Isn't that scary? But to just let him be behind them and continue as normal you know i really think what would fix a lot of this movie for me in like being realistic is that if the doctors didn't realize that he had escaped until like halfway through the movie because we open the movie with the doctor knowing that he's escaped and like contacting the police and doing all this stuff and that just makes that like that just makes everything else that happens in the movie seem really stupid. Like, <laughs> do you know how fast Michael Myers would be arrested today if he like stole a car and we knew right. exactly where he was going? Yeah. Like, we would have the license plate number. Like, he would be arrested like that. And this movie, the stupid doctor, who's the worst doctor in the world, is just like, <laughs> don't tell your men that this guy is out there. Just have them keep their eyes open. And it's like, are right. you the world's biggest idiot? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah, I guess the subtext is that, like, he cares about him in a weird kind of way because he's But then been, he like, just shoots him six <laughs> times. I don't right. even get that. And he says that he's the, the devil. Brink, it's right? not, it doesn't work. He's, like, I don't think he, like, cares about him, quote unquote, but he's invested in him, right? Like, this it's guy like is, like, patient. his yeah. life, wor- his life's work, right? Presumably his entire career, he's just been working with this one guy. And he's so, doing like, a really, really bad job. <laughs> right, but he's, like, connected to him in a certain way. So he doesn't want him to just be killed immediately. But I think at that scene at the end, it's like, oh, like, someone's going to die right now unless I take action and this is more important than that, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily poor writing. I just think that's, like, not non-relatable. <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, I, I understand that Michael Myers has to be scary or else this movie doesn't work. But I just think it's weird that he is just kind of, like, a murder monster. Like, has he just been doing, like, like just solid push-ups for the whole time that he's been in prison? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It just, like, I get it. I understand why, but I just think it's just funny to me. Right. Um, The, hold on just a moment. I do oh. like when the doctor and the police officer get to the old Myers house and there's like a dead dog in there. And then the right. doctor goes, 
he was hungry. Just really <laughs> casually say that Michael right. Myers just ate a dog, which <laughs> is whatever. And there's this line reading that's great where they walk into the house and he, what, the police officer's like, what's that? And Dutch is like, it's a dog. <laughs> and and then like, they walk over to it, yeah. Okay, but, yeah, it's a dog, but clearly <laughs> that is not what I'm referring to. It's like, oh, okay, might as well keep going upstairs. Yeah, that whole scene is just <laughs> whack because then the police after the, the police officer after the doc after the Michael Myers expert just told you that the dog has been eaten by a guy, which is whack. <laughs> right. But then he's like, I don't know, a skunk could have done it, and that's just <laughs> right. They could have said coyote. If yeah. they had said coyote, I that line would have made sense. Like, even if you had said, like, a bunch of raccoons, I right. would have believed you. But, like, I have <laughs> skunk never is a heard... Weird choice. Yeah, I have never heard of a skunk killing a dog. Like, I've never heard of that. I don't know, I guess I we... Ha- I yeah, we do have skunks, seen... I have seen my mom take a broom and knock six raccoons off of our dog, though. So if you had <laughs> right. said that raccoons had killed it, I'd be like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Were there that many raccoons that day? There were a lot of raccoons. I was also maybe like six, so right. I maybe so maybe in your brain it was like. But it it was more than three raccoons. I'm imagining like in reality it was probably like three raccoons, but in your six year old brain it was like a, a giant mech of like raccoons <laughs> formed into the shape of a buff guy like yep. punching our dog. <laughs> Context at our old old house, uh, the lady who lived there before us used to feed the raccoons because she was a crazy lady. <laughs> right, and then yeah. she moved away, and then we moved into the house, and so all the raccoons were like, "Hey, where the fuck is our food?" <laughs> so they would eat our dog's food, and Madison, our dog, instead of just letting it go, would fight the raccoons. <laughs> and so there were several times where our mom had to beat raccoons off of our dog yeah. because they were fighting <laughs> over the dog food outside. What a cool time in our lives. What a um, good what a good time. <laughs> so, um, in Halloween, uh, there's this moment that I think is really interesting where, like, I think it's this scene where they're in the house and the police officer and the doctor are talking. Yeah. Um, where, like, a hand comes out and, like, breaks a window and it's, like, really surprising. You know, it's, like, it's clearly supposed to be a jump scare, you know? Yeah. But, like, the way that the sound is edited is so different than, like, a modern horror movie when they would pull a similar kind of gag to that, right? Yeah. Because it's it's very much, I mean, like I said, it's just a dump, uh, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> and like I said, it's very much just like a jump scare, you know? The hand comes yeah. in, it's like, ooh, psh, bah, and you're like, oh, shit. But like, <laughs> the, but like the dialogue is mixed to the full volume and the sound of the glass breaking is mixed at a moderate volume. So yeah. it's not there's not like a discrepancy between what you're used to and the surprising things. So it barely even like registers. I mean, maybe it yeah. did in the seventies, maybe we're just jaded now because of the like volume inflation of jump scares in the twenty first yeah. century. Like, but like, like that's my biggest pet peeve about especially modern video games. Is that you have you have like the early jump scares in video games that was like when you died there was a jump scare and that's how you know that you died and it would scare the crap right. out of you like Slenderman Five Nights at Freddy's that kind of stuff where the jump scare was usually a visual it's usually something jumping out at you and it makes a sound that scares you but it it's just like changed so much that it's literally it'll just be like a sudden still image and then just the loudest sound that the game dev can make and I right. hate it so yeah. much like it just takes no effort and it drives uh-huh. me insane. But yeah, I always feel like I want to sort of jump up for the jump scare as an idea. 
Because I feel like that's something when people talk about horror movies a lot, like when they say, when people are saying that a horror movie is good, you'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, there aren't even any jump scares in this movie. Isn't that incredible? Like a jump scare is like this crutch that you have to lean on as a director to make something scary. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's true. I think that there are different versions of jump scares, really. Oh, totally, totally, totally. I mean, because, you know, I think there are some that are earned and when you are scared, you're like, oh, you got me. And there are some that are really cheap. But I don't feel like jump scares as an idea are, like, reprehensible just by virtue of being what they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um, A great example is... um, in it chapter one i love that movie but um Mm -hmm. there's this moment where like the um they're like in a room with like a slide projector um and like something happens and it's like freaking out everyone's like screaming and then it's like really quiet and you see like some pictures going through the slide projector of pennywise it's like one slide click dark click back up another slide of pennywise click dark click slide and then he's gone and then you're like, oh, as a as a viewer, that seems to be coded to mean like, oh, he's out of the picture and now he's in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like click dark and then like click slide back up and Pennywise just like jumps out of the wall like from the picture at you. And it's like it's playing on your expectations of how the scene is coded and what you like read the, yeah. the language of the scene as. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like no, totally. It's really smart and really earned, I think. And it scares the shit out of you and like makes you jump in your seat. But it's satisfying it doesn't feel cheap like you're just like oh well fuck it of course i would jump at that you know yeah um and i think that you know saying like oh jump scares bad only bad horror movies are shackled to the restrictions of jump scares is just i don't know it feels reductive and not quite yeah what i want to put out in the world i mean it's just like opening title sequences when they're good they're really right. good and really effective when they're yeah. bad you're just like hey what the fuck <laughs> Which is what I'm like all the time. <laughs> there is um, that moment where they're, I think it's like the night and they're all at their different houses. They they make like their plans of like what they're going to do Halloween night. Like while you're watching the movie, I still have no idea what they were like getting together to do. Were they going to have an orgy? What were they doing? <laughs> I think the idea is just that like the... I don't know. I think when they make that joke about taking off the other girl's clothes, I think he was just, like, being a pervy dude. And she was like, Haha, stop. But, like, I don't think that they're actually, like, getting together to have group sex. I think the idea well, was, Well, no, because like, the two couples were, like, supposed to be good getting together. And that's why she was upset that Paul got arrested, detention, grounded. What's the word? Grounded. He got grounded. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were. I don't know. Yeah, the I don't sort know. of like specifics of what their like plans were are a little vague. Honestly, yeah. I don't think it really matters much whether or not they were all gonna fuck or not. Oh no, <laughs> I don't. I don't story. care. I was yeah. just like trying to figure out what the hell all of them were talking about, and I never. <laughs> like, it's could fine figure if you out. were gonna do that, but <laughs> yeah, like do whatever the hell you want. Just tell me so that I can leave. <laughs> right. Um. But I, so, do you think that this movie is a period piece or not i was trying to suss that out for a really long time when it was 78 yeah when does the movie take place it gives us a date does it yeah it does oh it was like it's like october 30th 
Because I, I was trying time. to figure out if it was like, oh, this takes place in like the early 60s and they're watching I, a movie I don't, on I don't TV. think it is a period piece. Or I think if it's, it's like, this is modern movie. day and yeah. we're watching an old movie on TV. Yeah, I think it's a modern. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. It gives us a year. It might be in the 60... I think it's like 68, maybe. Setting. Because when the it when Mike Myers breaks out of prison, it gives us a date. Because it's October thirtieth, whatever. No, and there's June, pretty whatever. pretty old cars in this movie too, though. That's because new cars are expensive, Jackson. It's true. It's true. Freaking okay, elitist. This is one of those things that's like impossible to Google. Yeah, especially because the movie's called Halloween, exactly, which just made yeah. it <laughs> impossible. When does Halloween take place? We need some better S. <laughs> See, that's one of the better things about living in the modern world is that, like, movies nowadays have much better SEO, right? Oh, like, absolutely. They're much more Googleable. That's, that's a scientific term. Googleable. Um, Googleable. The Halloween timeline explained from comic book resources. Oh, thank God. Is there, um, is there an advertisement for hot <laughs> anime singles in your area? No, it's just Gears of War 5, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess it does take place in 1978. <laughs> Dummy. Yeah, because the new one takes place like 30 years later in modern day, so that wouldn't make sense if it was a period piece. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Dummy. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, glad we had this whole discussion. Um, yeah, God, we took time out of our lives. The, I think this is a fun use of movies in this movie, right? I think we've talked about before oh, yeah. on this podcast how whenever a character, like, watches a movie in a movie, it's just the director being like, here's what the themes are. Yeah. Here's a movie that inspired me that I hope to emulate, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like this movie is more, like, it feels more natural that it's just, like, kids watching a scary movie on Halloween and, like, mm-hmm. the fact that the kids are watching a scary movie and that's making them nervous and paranoid is, like, a fun dynamic to set up, even apart from yeah. thematic whatever, you know? Um, well, for me, it was, like, because they're watching these old, like, hammy horror movies. Like, they're watching, like, The Thing. Yeah. Which is not scary if you're not six years old. <laughs> right. And then compared to, like, what's actually happening in the plot of the movie, it makes it... It kind of, like, shows you how naive they are about the situation that they're in. Right, Because yeah, totally. they're like, oh, you think this is scary, but something much scarier is actually happening, Wait till you, you know? see Knife Guy. <laughs> he's got... <laughs> he's got the devil for eyes, and uh, he's really big. And uh Does he bring uh, his own knife or does he take a knife from a house? <laughs> BYOK. BYOK. Does he though? Uh no, he he like picks it up. No, he robs he takes it from the store, remember? Which store? He breaks into the store and he steals the Halloween mask and the knives and stuff. Oh that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah. So he was prepped, he's like set on the knife. Yeah. He was like, this is part of my whole vibe, so I've got to make sure I have this before I really get down (laughs) to work. Vibe check! (laughs) Vibe check. Big knife. Backwards William Shatner mask. Check, check. We're all good. Um, Inhaler? Damn it, I forgot it. (laughs) That's part of his vibe. Yeah. Um, Not being able to be heard when he breathes. (laughs) Um, There's just a line that I really like where the doctor is talking to the, the police officer and the police mm-hmm. officer says to him, like, 
um, hey, if you're wrong, then fuck you for wasting my time. But if you're right, then fuck you for letting this happen. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you, you kind of got it, dude. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that's fair. That's the first thing that you've said that's made any goddamn sense. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't know. I think it's that sort of moment of self-awareness, right? It's like clearly this yeah. doctor was like negligent in some some capacity you know yeah like having somebody say he obviously doesn't say fuck you he says damn you for letting this happen um yeah but i don't know i really like that line i think it sort of puts things in in a different sort of context than just like oh here's the doctor he's cool because he's a doctor and doctors are good in movies we have to trust him yeah right i i another part where this movie loses me with I re- in my notes I realized that I've written down Jason and that's not his name. This is Michael. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it there's a fine line between scary and funny and when it comes to jump scares at least and I don't know where that line is. Right. But when that girl is starting her car and J- and Freddie what the fuck is his name? <laughs> Jason um Freddie um <laughs> The alien from Alien. I mean, um... Xenomorph. Uh, fuck, the Predator? No, Michael Myers. <laughs> Mike Myers. When Michael Myers jumps out of the backseat of the car, it's the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> yeah. That's just a weird and, scene in general, right? Because yeah. he's, like, at She's a like weird angle and, like, choking her with one arm. And it's like, that wouldn't yeah. work. Like, you don't have good enough leverage to... Well, yeah, and then he stabs her because he realizes it's not working. Yeah, I guess that's fair enough. <laughs> But it's just, yeah, and there's just, like, because it's not, like, it's, the sound that they use when he pops up isn't, like, violins or a scary sound. It's, like, this synth sound that makes it just seem like a new wave meme, and it just, it just, (laughs) it's the funniest thing. It's sort of, I mean, I think it's just been diluted over the years, in the same way that, like, the X-Files theme has, or, like, All-Star by Smash Mouth has, right? Like, all good art. Exactly. I mean, honestly, in a way, I think that's true. I mean, I think I've said before on this podcast, like, Luke, I Am Your Father is supposed to be a plot twist, but it became the most famous line in cinema history, so it just doesn't really work anymore. Oh, (laughs) God, I would give... Uh, I would give $10 billion to be able to see Star Wars without having known that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's dad. Like, could you imagine how cool that would have been? And it's like, I think it's the same thing with the music in Halloween, right? It's like, it's been used so much and it's been parodied so much and used in comedic situations so much because it was so evocative and like powerful in 1978 that now we're yeah. just so totally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Numb. Yeah, I guess just numb to it, that it doesn't have the same effect and it feels almost goofy because we're used to that being used in parody more than we're used to it being used in genuine dramatic situations, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, And, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just like this soundtrack so much because it was written by John Carpenter. Besides, like, Charlie Chaplin, he's the only director who scores his own movies that I can think of. And I just think that's tight as hell. Like... Yeah, that's really cool. um, And, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really great piece of music. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's almost like Twin Peaks in a certain way where it's like... We have, like, three tracks that we're going to use over and over again in different situations. I think that it works well enough until, like, the last half hour of the movie. 
because yeah, that's that when it starts to wear gone. down on you, right? Like I got like halfway through the movie and then every time the music would start i'd just be like oh my god are we still (laughs) using this music like i get like i get i get theming i get repeating musical sounds to like tie things together i get it but you i when i'm like so tired of it you gotta stop using it yeah no you got i think if i mean obviously it was 1978 and i'm sure he's not a classical composer but like yeah. if you would like produce like two more tracks and waited to deploy them until the final act of the movie i think the whole thing would come yeah. together a lot better yeah, um, and especially because yeah it's not like the music is normal and then once things like start getting scary then we have the scary music it's literally just the same music yeah. the whole entire movie right. And it just, it doesn't it's ineffective it doesn't work <laughs> right. and I, I think there's you know um, I just want to bring up like in Twin Peaks they do that I mean I don't know partially because it's a TV show and if you were to write music for everything it would cost like a bazillion dollars and they can't do that oh yeah oh yeah but like Twin Peaks has this thing where they have like four songs that they use in different scenarios and it because it's Twin Peaks it like. In a weird sort of way, it sort of enhances the weird dreamy surrealness of it to, like, yeah, have the, the four songs, like, like, play over and over again. I mean, and, you know, I think, you know, obviously, like I said, it was probably a budgetary decision, but I think they, they use it to their advantage. We talk about in Deadly Premonition how they try to emulate that same thing, but it doesn't really work. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Deadly Premonition is so I hate great. that game so much. We gotta... Okay. I fucking bought that game. It cost me $30. I and I literally I haven't too. even opened it. Because... Dude, we got it. We got we it. We wanted to do a let's play friends. on this channel. And I haven't been able to figure out how to share audio on screen... Or on screen share on Discord. And I know there's a yeah. way to do it, but I gotta figure it out. And I wish we had a hey, listen, bigger audience. When I, when I played Deadly Premonition on my Switch, uh, the sound would just cut out every, like, 20 <laughs> minutes. Because the game would forget how to play sound. I cannot stress about, I cannot stress how much it wasn't Nintendo's fault <laughs> that the sound was cutting out. Right. It was a hundred percent the game's fault, <laughs> and it was hilariously infuriating. Right. <laughs> um, okay, I'm looking at my notes super quick. I've been really good this episode about not saying. And the next thing I have written down is, but I'm gonna allow myself yeah. one because I need a second to look over it because it's dark in my room. Yeah. I mean, I, I do kind of lose interest, like, in the middle of this movie, where before the first girl gets murdered, and it's just them walking around and doing stuff, right. and I'm like, okay. Uh, I really, I think it's funny when murderers do this thing, where there's, like, the last girl is alive, and she, like, finds all her friends' bodies, but she always finds one body, and then runs into the other, and then opens the door, and the other one's in the right. closet, and then falls down the stairs, and the other one's, like, stabbed into the wall. Like, it always has to yeah, be, no. like, a haunted fun house exactly, scene. Exactly, yeah. never just... I mean, I think... There they are. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen that exact... I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't watch very much, like, schlocky B-horror slasher. movies. Yeah, slasher yeah. movies. But I think that was something that Halloween did that Friday the 13th just totally ripped oh absolutely <laughs> honestly i would not be surprised um, but the yeah i don't know and you know the same thing i mean okay so let, let's let's get into mike myers motivation here because like if he has no 
soul, right? Then why is it that he like, like why is it that he does anything he does? If he truly like yeah, exactly. is unattached to everything, why wouldn't he just walk into town and be like, "You get a knife, stab you, shoot this guy, like throw a hammer at him, he's dead." Like why is he like well, systematically it's... stalking like three people and murdering them very slowly? Like w- yeah. what is this? Why is he doing it? Well, and even like as the perfect sociopath, like I get if he has like I get if <laughs> Like, I don't get why he's evil. Like, most sociopaths, the the reason that we describe them as evil is because they don't care if they do hurt people. Right. But that doesn't mean they're actively murdering people, you know? It's like, I, I just, I need more, let Michael Myers be an actual character, because <laughs> right. then he would be scarier, because he wouldn't just be a big doofus walking around right. stabbing people, you know? Like, ugh. And it's, yeah, I don't know, and it's so weird, because they make such a big point of, like, he steals the gravestone. And then he, like, kills that girl in the bed and, like, puts the gravestone there, like, presumably as, like, this poetic parallel to, like, when he killed his sister in much the same situation. And it's like, you don't have a brain. Like, why are you... Yeah, you're supposed to literally just be a murder monster. (laughs) Exactly, Because this movie doesn't care about you, Michael Myers. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's weird. And it's like, I... I don't think that makes the movie bad, but it's just, it's, it's distracting when you're just, you don't ever get an answer to why. If you could have even been lazy about it, you could have said like, oh, he's returning to the house that he was at and he's angry that people are in it or something like that. Like, if that was all it was, like, that wouldn't be great, obviously, but it would answer the question and I wouldn't have to think about it the rest of the time, you know? Yeah, then I could turn my brain off like I have been doing this whole movie. Um. I, I don't get the part at the end where he shoots him and his mask falls off and he, like, hurriedly puts the mask back on and we see his face. And guess what? He's still just a dude. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't get I don't know. it. I think it's cool to see his face. I don't. It is, but but you know what would be cooler if he never wore a fucking mask. Right. Okay. Here's here's what it is. Um, I was trying to figure out a way to articulate this earlier, and I couldn't quite find it, so I just moved on. But um, that's fine. The I think what the mask does is it dehumanizes him. Right. It turns him like, from yeah. a person to just this like lumbering monster who will kill you. Right. Um, yeah. And then I think it, I think it's powerful when the mask comes off because then it's sort of like this revelation. Even if it's not technically, it's like obviously you know he's just a guy. But like yeah. you see him and you like can sort of – you get a stronger like sense like, of empathy oh, with him as like a person, right? Like yeah. it, I, think, I think that's the benefit of the mask. It turns him but into that... a monster rather than a human, and then humanizing him later on is a, a contrast and sort of a wrinkle in the story that you're not necessarily thinking about the whole time. Does that make sense? But they don't humanize him because immediately after that happens, they shoot him in the chest six times, and then he goes, that was the boogeyman. Like, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. But don't you think that makes work. it kind of sad, though? I mean... The fact that no, immediately... because Michael Myers isn't a person in this movie. He's literally a horror prop. Right, but that's my point: is that because he is a person, the tragedy is not 
that something bad happens to him because obviously he's a horrible monster. But like the tragedy is that he turned out this way, right? Your empathy is yeah, not yeah. necessarily for him as a person, but it's sort of a, a tragedy that things had to be this way that he couldn't have been normal, right? You I see really, him as I... a person, and then immediately afterwards he's shot and all these things, and you just think to yourself, like, wow, he's a dude, and just like all people, things could have been different, you know? Does that am I, I making sense? I really, I really, really like that. That's not what the movie's doing, though. I disagree. Like, you know? We're going to get Beca- into fight. No, because I I would agree with you if the Doctor was a better character and did more things and if had, like, an actual relationship with Michael Myers yeah, okay. or if Michael Mary- Myers was actually a character, then I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, that's super, like, deep and poignant, like, oh, the horrors of humanity, that, like, anybody could be Michael Myers. Right. Like, oh, that's, that's super cool. But they don't do that. Instead, the doctor is just like he's the, he's got the devil in him, and then he shoots him six times, right. and he calls him the boogeyman. Like it doesn't the movie. That's a really good idea, and that's really cool, and I really like that. That's not what the movie's doing, though. I think where we differ is just that I don't think we're supposed to empathize with the doctor. I think we're supposed to view the doctor as fucked up and bad at his job in this movie. Okay. <laughs> um... Uh, the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, running around the neighborhood and, like, knocking on doors and you can, like, see him walking towards you is That's good. super like effective. Um, it's critical hit, super effective, additional damage. <laughs> um, the, remember Detective Pikachu and that guy's, like, critical hit, additional yeah. damage! I think about that a lot. Um, That's how I play Pokemon. <laughs> anyway, um, but, like, it's so cool that, like, She's running, and he's a weird monster, so he doesn't run, he just walks. But she's, like, pounding on the door trying to get that kid to, like, wake up, and she, like, throws the pot at the window to, like, get his attention. And you keep cutting back to her sort of point of view looking behind her, and you can track him, like, moving forward the whole time. And it's just, it is so tremendously effective. Like, I think that's one of the freakiest shots of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I really do love the scene. Where she's just gone out of the closet, which is also very fun. I like the closet scene. Oh, really? I wasn't quite as impressed by the closet. I mean, I just really like the lighting through the slats. That's I think fair. that's really fun. And that's pretty much it, because then she stabs him with a hanger and he <laughs> right. falls over like he's dead. It's like, oh, um, <laughs> I love that. And she's like, oh, my brain, and he falls over like he's dead. <laughs> uh, but... I, I love that scene where she, like, she's just sent the kids to go call the police and she's, like, sitting in the doorway and you see that shot of him, like, sitting up and standing up and, like, walking towards her. That shot's super cool yeah. and I like it a lot. Um, one of the thoughts I had during that um, uh, closet scene, though, was that it's very evocative of The Shining in a certain kind of way. But mm-hmm. I thought shortly afterwards that this was before The Shining, which is just weird oh, to think weird. about. I know. Isn't, isn't that freaky to think about? Like, It's weird to think that any movie came out behind, before The Shining. I know, honestly. Like, like, to me, especially weird. someone born when I was, The Shining just feels like a, like a universal truth. Existed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the thought that like The Shining could have maybe drawn inspiration from something else is weird to me. Yeah, it's like, um, no, <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> right. Um, and I have to wonder, like, I wonder what Stanley Kubrick thought of this movie. Like, I wonder what his attitude was like on, like, horror films as a genre before he made The I Shining. I don't think he's a man who enjoyed watching other 
watching films that were not his own because of what a like freak he was about his own films. Right. I can't imagine him enjoying anything, you know? <laughs> that's fair enough. But, like, just, like, that's, I know that's super brutal, but, right. like, it's Stanley Kubrick. He was so crazy yeah. about, like, all of the stuff that he put into his films. He was a weird And dude. I feel like, and I feel like if any other film, he would just see as, like, a complete failure, you know? Yeah. Um, the, uh, I gotta say, I know it's, like, kind of iconic in its own way. But that shot where, like, Michael Myers, like, falls out the window and, like, lands on the lawn. And they're like, oh. They don't say, like, he's dead. But the implication is that he's probably dead. And they're, like, talking. And they, like, look outside. And, like, the second they cut to, like, showing him not being there, like, the music cue starts up. Like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I think that's so cool. I think it's great. And they do. Oh, go ahead. I really liked the ending shots of just going through the neighborhood with that music playing. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. Like, oh, Jason, he, God, not Jason, God damn it. <laughs> Chucky. They're both big dudes <laughs> and big c- coveralls. They're the same guy. Yeah. Don't at me. But <laughs> it's when you just hear that music playing over it, so you can, like, go through all the locations. It's like, oh, Michael Myers is still out there. Right. Like, that, that idea that they kind of, that you say they talk about, but I don't think they don't, that, like, oh, Michael Myers could be anybody. Like, right. I really like that. Um but yeah, and in the the sequel, not the first sequel, but the new sequel that came out last year, where they were mm-hmm. like, remember there was like 25 other Halloween movies that a whole bunch of people made? Those are yeah. all weird and we don't like them, so we're just going to do a sequel to Halloween. <laughs> um, Which is really smart. Yeah, I really, no, I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, I've said this to you before, I don't know if I've said it on mic, but that's an approach that more and more people are doing, and I think it's going to become more and more commonplace in the years to come. Because, like... And I think it takes away that, like, gatekeeping a lot. Right. Of, like, making a new movie. Oh, that means I have to go back and watch all the other movies to understand what's going to happen in the next movie. And I've always hated that. I've always think that's really stupid. Like, if I can't go to a sequel and at least, like, have a basic understanding of what's going on... It's like, and of course I won't understand some things if I haven't seen the original content. But be able to, like, follow along and understand without having to watch all of the prior... incarnations yeah i think is really great and i wish that everything would just do that right um but the point i was making is that they do this great inversion of that in the modern sequel where Mm -hmm. there's a moment where michael myers like pushes jamie lee curtis out a window and then he like leads forward to look out and when they cut to her not being there on the floor they play that music cue again i think it's so great that's like my favorite part of that movie so good um i love that (laughs) but um the uh, but th- going back to the sequel idea, I think that, like, first of all, I think that weird, like, line of thinking where people are like, oh, th- I haven't seen all the other movies. Do I have to have to see this new movie that comes out? It comes out up a lot with, like, Marvel movies, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that the knowledge that there is something else to have seen sort of taints your ability to just take the movie on its own terms, right? Yeah. Because, like, if you went into Endgame having never seen any other Marvel movie... I mean, I don't know. Endgame's a weird example because seeing Infinity War is pretty important to that. But, like, (laughs) if you went into Infinity War, like... Yeah. Not having seen anything before, you wouldn't... You you know, like, one of the opening shots is not the opening shot. But one of the first moments is like, oh, and here's the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're in their spaceship. They're singing a song. And they have this prior relationship, you know? If this was just the first movie you saw, you wouldn't be like, who are these guys? What the fuck? You'd be like, oh, 
here's these characters we're being introduced to. There's six guys who are in a spaceship and they all kind of have their own thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, and I mean, you are because you know that there is stuff to know, but if it were truly just a movie on its own, you wouldn't be like, who are these people? I don't know anything about them. What's going on? Like, what What the fuck? You would just see the information on screen. You'd be like, oh, here's this guy with a bow and arrow. They called him Clint. That's probably Clint. He's got a bow and arrow. He could probably shoot bows and arrows. They keep calling him Clint. I'm going to assume that that's his name. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, just take it on its own terms. You don't have to be told everything. You can just see that it is, you know. Um, Yeah, anyway, I don't remember why we were talking about that. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Oh, because of um, the Halloween sequel. Because, yeah, I think there are a lot of, like, long-running franchises that exist that have like really gone off the rails <laughs> in the decades yeah. since they began. I think Oh, definitely. Cuz like Terminator's well, it's doing the 80s. it. Yeah. Like Terminator's the doing it. The 80s was a bad time for sequels. It was just like, what can we do? Let's do it. Right. Cuz I mean, the first person to ever do this was when Brian Singer made a Superman movie in 2006, and he was like, "Oh, this is a sequel to Superman 2," even though there were two other bad Superman movies. Um, yeah. And then, you know, in the more recent era, Halloween did it, and then now Terminator's doing it. They're like, oh, this is a sequel to Terminator 2, even though there were three other movies that were bad. Um, yeah. And I I really think with now that studios have sort of realized that this is an option, I think that there are going to be more movies or, like, franchises that sort of come out of dormancy with this idea. I think mm-hmm. the odds that we get a Jaws 2 in the next five years are, I think it's God. inevitable. I think that's that is bound the to happen. scariest thing that you could have said. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I think Studios are going to be like, okay, we don't have to like be beholden to Jaws 2 through 4 anymore. We can just yeah. be like, oh, here's this dramatic reimagining. Here's Jaws 2. Like straight up, this is a sequel to Jaws. And Steven Spielberg will probably direct it because Steven Spielberg's yeah. down for that kind of thing nowadays. Yeah, because he'll just do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... I think Steven Spielberg making Jaws 2 is is not an unreasonable thing to expect. See, there yeah. are some franchises that I think they should do it for that they definitely won't, like Jurassic Park or Alien. Even though I like Alien Covenant, as I said before, but like <laughs> making an Alien just, 3 Well, just because you like it doesn't mean it has to be canon. Yeah, exactly. Making an Alien 3 again, I think, would be a smart enough move. Um, That's what the movie will be called, Alien 3 <laughs> right. again. Alien 3, 2. <laughs> That's really good. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so I, I can't quite decide if I think this is a good thing. Um, because on the one hand, I think it's, like, just perpetuating this sort of, like, franchise mania. And it's giving studios, I mean, yeah. like, more opportunities to do franchises than they did before. To make more franchises, But on yeah. the other hand, I feel like it does give them more opportunities to do a good job with them, you know? So well, it's it kind of gives, a, It either allows or. them to be more original, I think. Because, yeah. like, when when you're dealing with a, with a series, you kind of have to... If you're doing... If you're going to do a good job of continuing a series, you kind of have to build on what the other series has already kind of, like, set up. Right. But if you're like, I'm going to do my own thing, and it's only going to be based on the things that I like, then you're totally free to do, like, your own cool original stuff and not have to worry if it works with four lame movies that came out in the 80s. Right. 
I am. Maybe we should do the new Halloween on this podcast sometime. It might, I don't know, it might be a little intense for you, actually. But it's scary. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I don't know. I mean, if you weren't scared by Michael Myers at all on this one, you probably wouldn't be in the new one. It's just like... Well, but there more... was also literally, I don't think, any gore in this whole movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a shot. There's a shot in the new one where Michael Myers, like, steps on a guy's head. And there's just this <laughs> shot of, like, somebody's, like, fake prop head just, like, exploding under his boot. <laughs> and it's, like, super gross, but it's so weird and out of nowhere. Because, yeah. you know, it's, like, following in the footsteps of this movie, really explicitly, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty restrained movie. It's not super, like, out-and-out, like, crazy Except for this yeah. one moment where Michael Myers just, like, destroys this guy's head with his boot and his brains, like, fly everywhere. And you're like, what the fuck was that? Hey, Michael? <laughs> I, yeah, that seems like something that seems like something that would happen in, like, Jason Takes Manhattan. Exactly, yeah. Is that the, the name only of thing one of that them? I know... No, that's literally one of them. Oh, literally so the good. only thing that I know that happens in Jason Takes Manhattan is that there's these, like, these street youths. Because in the 80s, everyone was yeah, terrified yeah. of street youths. Always street youths. And they have, like, a boombox, and they're, like, walking, and Jason, like, takes the boombox from one of them and, like, hits him with it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Friday the 13th, Part 8, colon, Jason Takes Manhattan. Yep, 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 yep. Uh-huh. God, that's so good. That came out in 1989. What the fuck? Yeah, Did they just I know, come out dude. with one every year? I mean, yeah. <laughs> My friend Eli is like the Friday the 13th expert because one day he just decided that he was going to watch all of them. Right. And I think he's told me that's like the biggest mistake he's ever made <laughs> because now every time anybody talks about Friday the 13th, they come to him and he's like, God damn it. <laughs> Apparently Friday the 13th part four was called the final chapter and they made six more. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's the opposite of Babe Ruth telling them where the baseball's <laughs> gonna land? I was gonna say, this That's is like Babe is. Ruth like pointing to the spot he's gonna hit the ball in the field and then striking out. Yeah. <laughs> and then his bat bursts in the flames. <laughs> he hits the ball, but the bat just splinters into a million pieces and the ball lands on yeah. the floor. <laughs> and then he hits a bird with the baseball. <laughs> So yeah, okay, let's see. Friday the 13th was 1980. Yeah, seriously. 81, 82, 84, 85, oh. 86, 88, 89. So basically, with wow. a couple of exceptions, they made a Friday the 13th movie every year for 10 years. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> Those were the good old days, man. Kids today, they don't appreciate <laughs> It's so crazy that he doesn't get a hockey mask until the third one. That's wild to me. That's, did you know <laughs> that in the first Friday the 13th movie, Jason doesn't have a mask because he's a weird dead body in the bottom of the lake? How many podcasts on horror movies are we going to do where we do that gag? <laughs> Uh, all of them, okay, because cool. if you, and if I had a nickel for the time every time I heard that fact, I would be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I think because we saw Terminator Genesis when it came out. We did. And I think our whole family was pretty much on the same page that we were pretty into it. Like, we all liked it, right? I have no memory of the film, except that I liked Old Man Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. I thought Old Man Terminator was cute, and that's <laughs> it. Because, I mean, yeah, I feel the same way. The only thing I really remember is that I liked it. 
Um, yeah. So clearly it wasn't great, but it, like people, it was enjoyable. Are really mad about Terminator Genesis. People like really hate it. I feel like that Why? should be something we do on this podcast eventually. We can revisit that and take a take take another look at it. That's a Star Is Born. Let's joke. watch all the Terminator movies. We've got too many things going on because we've got to finish up Harry we Potter do. and we've got to finish up our Pixar go through. I mean, I, I guess we can start a new franchise. Terminator. Go ahead. After Harry Potter, but yeah. yeah. I just want to talk about how much of a shithead John Carter is in uh, Terminator Two. <laughs> right, no, that's fair enough. John Connor, you mean? John, Car- what the fuck ever? <laughs> I don't <laughs> listen. John Carter is Princess of Mars. We should do John, <laughs> John Carter, Carter though. Is. That's one of those movies. I have no interest in John Carter. <laughs> Honestly, because that was the most expensive movie ever made. And no when one it saw came it. out, yeah, and it was a huge bomb. And I just want to see what the most expensive movie ever made in 2009 or whenever that was. I want to see what that looks like. Hold on. John Carter. It was a Disney movie. God, Disney ruins everything. 2012. That was back when Disney would just, like, produce live-action movies on their own. (laughs) Without thinking of the repercussions. But it's like, because nowadays everything that Disney does is they're just tethered to their big franchises, right? Like Star Wars and Marvel. And like, you know, their animated films are a different beast. But it's like, for a long time it was like, oh, here's John Carter. Here's Pirates of the Caribbean. Here's um, Lone Ranger. Like they would just like do a movie that was like a regular movie, a live action movie that Disney just made. It's like, I don't feel like they really do that anymore. Does does Disney <laughs> does Disney still make like I guess I like for TV movies, but they're not really TV movies. They were just like movies that Disney would make, like Robot House or like Look well, those at the Irish. Or, like, those are still going for sure. Oh okay, they're probably just really bad, so we don't hear right. about them. Okay, here's a here's a thing we can talk about for a second. Um, did you go through the Disney Plus lineup when it came out? I did not. Holy shit. Um, because Disney pulled this move where they announced their whole like lineup of content for Disney Plus on Twitter. Um, when we're recording this, even that is a little bit dated. It was probably like two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like they didn't spare any of the old Disney catalog, right? They went through oh. – because, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, Disney was just a regular studio – but they were never really very good at it. So there are a lot of just like regular live action family comedies that came out that were oh, that yeah. were produced by Disney, but they weren't like part of the Disney brand in the public eye, you know? But like yeah. going through the like full lineup of what's on Disney Plus is hilarious. Yeah. I gotta find some great some good examples. So yeah, so Disney just it was the weirdest marketing strategy ever. They just put a thread on Twitter. With, like, 1,200 comments or whatever it is. Oh, why? And each one was just another thing. And you could, like, scroll through the whole thing. But now that it's, like, two weeks deep in Twitter, I can't find it anywhere. Hold on. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it's, like, everything that Disney ever produced. But it's, like, a whole bunch of these, like, old, like, movies that nobody's ever heard of. And, like, live-action comedies. And there's, like, six Herbie movies. And, like, Disney Channel original movies from the year 2000 that you're just like, what the fuck is this? Hell, yeah. But, like, that's... 
I'm glad that they're literally just putting up everything. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's kind of fun, to yeah. be honest. Well, it's really, like, because I... Sometimes I just want to fucking watch the original Snow White, and I can't do that. Right. But I can do that when it's on the streaming site. Yeah. Or maybe I want to look up the weird, freaking weird, like, after-school animations that Disney would do. <laughs> right. And I could just do that, and that's so nice. I was going to say, the... Because it's it's not perfect, you know? There are some gaps in it that are probably deliberate because it's not like they're... I mean, I don't know. There are... I've been told that there are some, like, different streaming rights issues for certain movies that they've, like, yeah. already signed over to other people or whatever. But, um, like, they don't have the full Pixar catalog. They have a lot of it, but everything after, like, up, it's pretty spotty. Um, there are a handful of, like, Disney animated movies that aren't on it. Um, well, I think it's because uh, those are already on Netflix and Hulu, so I right. think they have to wait for those contracts to expire, Probably. and then they can put them on there. Um, or, you know, there's, I'm sure, just in terms of, like, streaming rights for things and, like, media logistics there's probably a bazillion things you have to deal with when you're doing something like this so i don't know i don't know if disney's like doing it on purpose to be like oh we're gonna rotate stuff out every once in a while to keep you guessing or if they're truly just trying to have everything but they can't always have everything all at once right now i don't know what it is um their marvel lineup was actually surprisingly spotty they've got like a fistful of Marvel movies, but not, like, the whole collection, which I was a little disappointed by. Um, Iron Man 3 is on there, though, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, well, you know what they'll probably do? What's that? Is that they'll, they have this whole big release where you tell you what's on there, and then they're going to actually, like, release it, and then everything's just going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of fun. So, okay, I'm, I'm excited... About the Mandalorian, I think that's going to be really cool. I mean, that's not a that's not a weird thing to say. Um, yes. Have you seen? Wow. The I'm I'm so fascinated by all the original content on this service. So you've seen the trailer for Lady and the Tramp, yeah? What? The Lady and the Tramp live action movie. Oh, are you fucking kidding? Is this me? the first you're hearing about it? This is the first I'm hearing about it. It's dropping in it. November. God. Yeah, no, it looks fucking stupid, dumb, it. bad idea. But hey, talking animals that aren't 2D animated has always been stupid and lame, <laughs> right. except for in the Jungle Book. Yeah. Um, but another one, they've got, um, like, these are the things that are, like, available at launch, right? It's, like, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and they're also doing week-to-week episode premieres, which I'm really on board with, rather oh, than nice. just dumping everything at once. Um, yeah. Uh, so Mandalorian, uh, Lady and the Tramp, there's a TV show that they're doing called... <laughs> Hold on, I want to make sure I get the title right, because that's really great. <laughs> okay, so this is for real, for real, premiering on the Disney streaming service, day one. Uh-huh. It's called High School Musical, colon, The Musical, dash, The Series. <laughs> what? It's, so it's not set in, it's not a sequel to High School Musical. It's a the movie. TV show about kids in high school putting on a production of High School Musical uh... in their, like, theater department. But it's, you know, it's just like a teen drama about, like, kids in high school yeah. putting on a production oh. and all this kind of stuff. It'll be bad. No, I don't mean, people me are excited about it. I think it's probably, it's definitely going to have an audience. I don't know. I mean, it'll be, it'll, it's like Riverdale. People love it and they watch it. It's objectively really right. bad, though. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to pass judgment on it until it comes out and people see it. It seems like it's going to be fun and cool to me. The Mandalorian, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, 
um, that like Christmas romantic comedy with Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick, which looks weirdly like it's kind of funny. I don't know. I'll probably watch it. Okay. And um, the the world according to Jeff Goldblum, which is just like this weird. I don't even know what it is. I don't think it's a nature documentary. (laughs) It's just like this weird educational show that Jeff Goldblum is attached to for some reason. Because for some reason, our society has decided that Jeff Goldblum can do no wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's like, I don't know how much he's involved in it. I don't know if he's just like a narrator on like a Nova type show. Yeah. Or like what it's going to be. But it's like, I'll I'll click on it for sure. Like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You got got me. Yeah, exactly. This is just, I don't know, this whole Disney Plus thing. And like, especially this like giant like streaming explosion that's been happening this year. Is so interesting to me because, like, I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's so annoying and it's like, is this bad because of capitalism or whatever? But, like, I don't know. I had a conversation with my one of my film professors the other day where he was just, like, beaming because he was like, it is so much easier now to get into film and television than it was fucking five oh, years yeah. ago because there is oh, so oh, yeah. much content that needs to be produced. And especially now with fucking... Disney, Apple, CBS, NBC, fucking DC Comics, like everybody having their own streaming services coming out with their own television shows and movies. It's like, it's so much work for so many talented people that wouldn't have had that opportunity before. And it's like, yeah, you can be frustrated that there's too many to choose from. But, like, you don't have but to have all But that's a stupid of, thing to be yeah, mad about. you can pick. And, like, it's not like you have to sign up for a year. You can be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get HBO and Disney Plus for a couple of months. And then when you're like, oh, I've kind of burned through those, then I'll cancel those and I'll get Apple, whatever it's called, and Hulu for a little while. And I'll watch the stuff I want to watch on there. It's like you don't have to have everything at once. Nobody's making you pay for everything. Yeah. Um... I'm kind of interested in the Apple one, too, because they've got um, that show. Hold on. Apple streaming service. I love that show. Yeah, I don't know what kind of, like, licensed content they're going to have, but their original series is there's going to be a, like, dramedy about Emily Dickinson starring um, Haley Steinfeld, and John Mulaney is going to have a supporting role where he plays Henry David Thoreau. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I think sounds really great, and I want to watch it very yeah, it badly. Does. And oh, it was—it wasn't like a property, but it's just like a new original show that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like starring in and directing. And like, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I'm down for that. It's like everybody's like putting out cool stuff on their new streaming services. And I yeah, it's not nobody's phoning it. Yeah, in. it's like it's hard for me to be upset about it because it's just like look at all this cool new TV we're gonna get in the next couple of years. Yeah. and like obviously it's not sustainable. Nobody's gonna pay yeah. for everything in the next two years. Fifty percent of all these crazy streaming services are gonna go out of business, and that's just the yeah. way it's gonna be. And that's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. let everybody Sometimes try. Sometimes things die. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to be upset that there's a lot of something. So, hey, Adeline, do you want to hear a one-star review of Halloween? I do. This comes from Letterboxd user Bajas, who says, That was a bad movie, full of loopholes, fake kill scenes, fake blood, no puncture wounds, unexplainable superpowers, <laughs> and bad acting. 
I want to. Let's. I want to break down. Defeat? Don't play the music yet. I want to break down this list of things <laughs> that were not in this or that were in this movie according to this guy. Did they want there to be real blood? Yeah. Okay. Loopholes. Wrong word. I think he means plot holes. Loopholes doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Fake kill scenes as opposed to what? <laughs> Fake die. blood as opposed to what? <laughs> no puncture her? wounds. I don't know why that's what you want in a movie. <laughs> Why is that the specific thing you're looking for? Yeah, God. <laughs> Unexplainable Gross. superpowers, fair enough. And bad acting, fair. fair enough. But it's like, who are you? <laughs> who is this? Are you Michael Myers? <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyone could be Michael Myers. My name is Freddy Krueger. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. Woo, No Nerds Allowed. Oh no, who's that? Oh, it's Mike. Oh. It's fine. He's just here to be funny and host a game show secretly. Remember when he did that? Donkey! <laughs> Donkey! Yeah, oh, God. Right, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Jackson, get out of there. <laughs> Somebody wants to be. He's coming. Nobody's and he has most of this has already begun. This is such a dumb joke, and I hate it. I hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>